Triple M's Rush Hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. Thanks to Makita XGT, the professional choice for cordless convenience, unmatched performance, innovation and power without limits. The Rush Hour. Gus Warland, Jude Bolton and Wendell Saylor. This is the Triple M Rush Hour. Yes, yeah, the Rush Hour for this Thursday afternoon. A big welcome to Wendell Saylor. How are you doing, mate? Mate, great to be here, boys. You know what? I love this time of the year because I mightn't be going to Vegas, but I, I feel like every time I catch up with people in and around Sydney, mm. they're going to Vegas. And you know what? I'm happy for them. I'm yeah. not even jealous. Yeah, yeah. No, it's going to be an unbelievable time starting oh. next Monday. Yeah. You're going, aren't you? With Is the Super right? Bowl. Oh, am oh. I going? Yes, oh, yeah. I am. I am very much <laughs> looking forward to that as well. <laughs> but another great thing, Jude and Dell, about Sydney is that Taylor Swift's about to arrive. So let's play oh. for the first time ever. You can't tell me you don't like jiggle along yeah. to that. I've got to take my daughters along and You've my wife. You've got to no. take. It's going to be massive. I tell you what, massive. not only the fact that she's absolutely going to be fantastic and she's going to be at the Super Bowl, her boyfriend's going to be probably one of the stars, she's bringing a lot of money into Australia. They reckon $140 million to the national economy, but into New South Wales alone, $80 million. Yes. It shows we need big events always, don't we? Just that is huge. Just what the Premier tells us. 85% of hotels from Parramatta to Sydney CBD are chock-a-block in and around those particular concerts. As well as that, there's 320,000 people attending the four consecutive (laughs) nights. That's 60,000 people coming into the state and Dell... 6,000 coming from overseas as well. This is what it's about. Like Sydney, you, know, you talk about Paris, New New York, all these places. Sydney, it, it is buzzing at the moment. And, and Tay-Tay, she's going to kill it. Biggest show in town. You know, she's in Tokyo at the moment. She's going to yeah. fly from Tokyo. She's got a private jet yeah. banked already, a spot for her to park it up yep. so she can go to Vegas to watch um, Kelsey play. Oh, that's mate, your sort it. of role, oh, isn't it? That's, that's the way that's you that's roll. That's how they it? roll. <laughs> <laughs> He's my man, Travis Kelsey, because he can dance like me. Read his mail. Yeah, if you want to know what's happening in the game of rugby league, or at least this week, maybe when he's in Vegas, it might be a little <laughs> bit dodgy. But Ezra Mann re-signs with the Broncos until 2029. That's a great signature for the Broncos. But what does that mean for Adam Reynolds and Reese Walsh? Well, I mean, look, Reynolds are a long way down the track with Adam Reynolds. And I expect a deal to be announced with him reasonably soon. Uh, he's off contract at the end of the year. He'll take a pay cut to stay for one more year, Adam Reynolds. The interesting one for me is Reese Walsh because they've laid a marker now with Ezra Mam. It's a four-year extension worth about $4 million. Reese Walsh has got one more year after this year on his deal. He's not on anywhere near market value. And if you look at that deal for Ezra Mam, that's the marker. And, and I would imagine Reese Walsh will be on more money than that. So the interesting thing for me is what the deal means for Reese because they've got the same manager as well, Nash Dawson. So Nash knows, now knows what Ezra's worth. He knows what Reese is worth, and I, I think I think most people would agree that Reese is probably more valuable than than Ezra Mam. So if Ezra got a four year deal worth four million dollars, I think Reese Walsh is looking close to the five million dollars over four years, making wow. one of the highest wow. players in the game. And my understanding is they've already begun those discussions. They're reasonably advanced, uh, and I think there'll be a deal done with Reese Walsh reasonably soon. And as I said, we're talking around if if Ezra got four million for four. I reckon Reese is looking around the $5 million mark for four years. So wow. he's about to become a very, very wealthy young man, Reese Walsh, but it'll be a huge signing when it happens, and it will happen. The Broncos will keep him. They'll get the deal done. And as I said, I expect it to be reasonably soon they'll knock that deal over. So that will be huge for Reese, be huge for the Broncos. Um, and they've got their, once they sign him, they've got Ezra done. 
they basically got their their spine or, or their, their their key playmaker key playmakers in place for the next four years. So huge for the Broncos. Hey, really, I caught up with um with a bloke last week. We had coffee. His name's Darren mm. Lockyer, and we brought up Reese Walsh. And he yeah. said, mate, he goes the sky's the limit. He goes that kid. Everyone loves him. He could be worth one and a half million dollars with his brand. He's a reasonable what, judge. What, he knows what he's that's talking what, about. That's what Darren Lockyer said. So, because oh. uh, we, we both love him. And he just said, mate, with the fans and just so obviously marketable. his brand and also with the social media, he caters yeah. to both markets, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's a, he's a superstar of our game now, Reese Walsh, isn't yeah. he? And uh, as you said, Dale, I mean, he gets bums on seats. He's, he's, his reach through social media, yeah. it's all one of the biggest in the game. So, that all goes into the melting pot when they decide what he's worth. And as I said, the Broncos know what he's worth, and his manager, manager more importantly, knows what he's worth. So he'll get a big, big deal. Reedy, I know you get some mail, but we've got a bit of, a bit of mail on this. The Vegas got, Visa dra- drama update. What happened there, mate? Is, is it all clear now for the boys? Well, the South boys are all clear. So Latrell, uh, Jackie White, although Jack won't play, but he's going to go over there, obviously, to keep training with the team. Um, Michael Cheekham uh, and... Um, Johnny Sutton, they got the all clear this morning. Brandon Smith uh, in there now, or he's just been in there, I believe, and I expect he'll get the all clear as well. So, look, good news for South, good news for the game because Luttrell's a big, we all know Luttrell's a big selling point for rugby league. So, the fact that he's got the, I don't think Luttrell was ever in any doubt to go. Mm. Jack was a bit different because, you know, he obviously had that charge a few years ago and was in a bit of strife. And Johnny was the same because John was an assistant coach at South now. Uh, he got some drama in Arizona a few years back when he was playing. So they were a bit of a concern. Uh, but the good news is they've got their visas um, and it's all steam ahead for the NRL. It looks like they're going to get the all clear on all those guys who have that visa application in person. But Latrell's a huge one for South, a huge one for the game. Brady, shocking news about Campbell Graham. Looks, it looks yeah. set to miss up to four to six months after undergoing sternum yeah. surgery. I'll tell you what, that, that adds the importance of Michael Cheekham getting the clearance to go because if you look at that south side, uh, when a guy like Campbell Graham's been out, Cheekham's been one of those guys who's played in the centres for south. So the fact that he's been cleared to go to Vegas will will help compensate a little bit for, for Campbell Graham's absence, but it, it won't compensate the, you know, uh, for a lot of Campbell Graham because he's an outstanding footballer and an origin player would probably miss origin now as well. Uh, he had that sternum problem, as you mentioned, last year. It hasn't recovered as they'd hoped. Um, and, you know, he, he looks like he could be out for up to six months. So that's a, it's a huge absence for South. But um, obviously the other good news for them is they signed Jack White to play in the centre. So yeah. um, Jack will help compensate for that as well. But you can't replace a guy like Campbell Grammer. And he's, you know, obviously an outstanding footballer, played for Australia last year. I was on the tour with him when he played. He's one of the best players, um, oh, sorry, two years ago on that tour. So... Um, you know, he, he's a great footballer and they'll miss him immensely. Appreciate the update, Reedy. And what happened at the wedding, Gussie? Yeah, not necessarily good things. What about this wedding, boys? The lady is there. She comes down the aisle with the father. The father hands over the hand of his daughter to the new husband-to-be. And as the vows are about to be sort of exchanged. chatted amongst themselves, exchanged, she gets out a phone out of her dress and she turns around and says, rather than reading out the vows, I'd like to have my own words. And everyone's a bit shocked, of course. She then reads out text messages that her husband that she's about to marry has had oh, no. with other women. And not just other women, but perhaps maybe someone that was in the brides, oh, in the no. in the bridesmaids group as well. No. She's 
the groom would have been well. sweating and bullets. And it's sexting and oh, it is no. texting sweating and there's bullets. photos and there's videos and it's obvious that he's been having an affair with someone for a very, very long time. So she didn't get married to him, obviously. Halfway through, as these text messages are getting read out, the best man and the groom decide to hightail it because everyone starts to go, hey, hey, what's happening here? And brothers and fathers want to take them on and da-da-da-da. So the wedding didn't go ahead. So I got us thinking about weddings aren't necessarily always happy, happy How days. How calculated is that, though? Like to, to, keep, just... to keep that secret until that moment must have been unbelievable for her. But what lovely revenge to get on a bloke obviously doing the wrong thing. Any weddings have been some some of those sort of stories, Del? Oh, mate, I've, I've been to a few weddings, but, like, with my wedding, so um, my groomsmen and that. Oh, this is your wedding we're going oh, to? Yeah. Okay. So um, <laughs> um, Anthony Seabold's obviously one of my groomsmen and then a couple other blokes from the country. Anyway, so we're having a good night at Noosa, um, and Noosa Blue Resort, and I said, boys, you know what? Have a good night, but just make sure you, you behave yourself. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I went home, and then when I wake up, my mate has got a girl in the spa and then Tara goes, what was a girl doing in the spa? I, I was asleep. But this is my mate. This is my mate. He's gone into the honeymoon suite, into the spa. Yes, yes. With a little extra guest. Yeah, and mate, my nipper, uh, my mate nipper. You're what? Um, oh, my, no. I was wondering what you were talking about. No, no, my mate nipper. Sorry. He, he's gone missing. He's gone missing. I, I, I didn't know where he was going. And I said, mate, what are you doing, mate? Yeah. So, so I don't know. There's t- a time and a place. Yeah, I, I knew a bloke for getting who, your nipper out. <laughs> <laughs> I knew a bloke who at, at his wedding he just got rolled up in all the emotion. He was excited to Easily see all done. friends and family, and then I think he just made a little bit about himself, and uh, it was just par- partying with the boys a bit hard, and yeah. basically just went out all night. Hardly forgot came about up, his bride. Hardly oh. came home and that sort of stuff, and yeah, he got. He got given the marching orders pretty oh, much after wow. that. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 You, it was, well, I suppose if you're starting off that way, it, it it's wasn't, not great it for wasn't the bride. the great way to start. No. The writing's on the wall right then, isn't Radio. it? <laughs> but they're the sort of stories you want. So give us a call, one triple three five three. What happened at the wedding? Let's go to Tanya. Tanya. George's Hall. G'day, Tan. Hey, boys. How are you? We're good, Tanya. Very well. What happened at the wedding? My dad got so drunk at my brother's wedding that he passed out on the balcony of the venue and we had to call the paramedics to get him going again. Oh, Jesus. And because the wedding was in Wollongong and we live in Sydney, the paramedics wouldn't even let me put him in the car and drive him home. Oh. Um, And so we had to ingratiate ourselves onto the new in-laws and um, (laughs) (laughs) he slept on on their couch and there is a classic photo of him with his head in the bucket throwing up, (laughs) throwing up at my mother. And we're wogs, right? My mother's standing there. Going, you, take photo, take photo. So we've got these photos of my dad, well into his sixties, throwing up into the bucket. And so by the time I got married, we, the running joke in the family was that the uh, the table for the paramedics had already been booked, and there was no need to call them. Tanya, you're a classic, great story. Thank you. Let's go to Eddie. How are you, Eddie? I'm good, guys. Yourself? Really well, mate. What happened at the wedding? <laughs> Um, a mate of mine who's now deceased, so I can reveal it, <laughs> she got married at 3 o'clock, yeah. and by 5 o'clock we said, oh, well, we'll need another keg. So he he said, I'll go and get it. I went, oh, okay. I said, we'll go. He said, no, I'll go. And he went away, and whilst he was away, he hooked up with another woman. Oh, no. And then came back with the keg. Oh, oh my goodness. 
Gee whiz. Um, okay, oh, the, 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 the questions are yeah, a lot of so, so was that just a one-off with the girl that when he was getting the keg and he went back and got happily married, or did he leave the girl that he just married for the keg girl? No, no, he never did that. I mean, the marriage didn't last that long anyway, but... Oh, there's a um, shock. <laughs> well, yeah, shock, I, shock I, think, I think the, the keg girl might have been on the side... Prior. I'm oh, oh, it's, it's mate. nothing to see here, mate. A resign. Jeez. Let, let, let's <laughs> go. Let's go to Mick there. Hey, Mick, how you going, mate? What happened at the wedding? Great, thanks, Legends. How are we, Father? Good, Good thanks, mate. Mate, so the father-in-law was already a bit of a uh, well-renowned drinker. We'd been on the sauce the night before, you know, as you as you do, up hmm. right in the wedding speech until four a.m. <laughs> we woke up at about seven thirty, ready to cook the barbecue, get ready for the day. No sign of the father-in-law anywhere. Oh, no. Uh, doing a bit of a search. No good. Send out a few boys in the cars. They're looking around. Nothing. Anyway, the wedding wasn't until 2. He wanders back in at about 11.30. Absolutely pickled. And uh, his daughter's oh. request was, you're not allowed to come to the wedding if you drink that because he's well-renowned yeah. oh. alco. Anyways, we managed to pop him in the shower, get a bit of water into the big boy, go through the ceremony, <laughs> get back to the reception, didn't quite make speeches. The big fella went to get up and uh, go to the bar again. Did the best crab impersonation you've ever seen. Oh, no. And then uh, a, quite a Dell-sized tackle, shoulder straight into the cocktail table, which just sent food, drinks oh, everywhere no. across the room. No. Absolute corker. And then his uh, brother tried to help him up off the ground, who he didn't recognise, and tried to fight. Oh, That's crazy. Some people just shouldn't be on the drink, should they? No, they should not. And I've got to say, boys. Mate, weddings, how good are they? Oh, they <laughs> can be good it's or they can all sometimes. Bloody oh. It's the rush hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. I'm so excited, lads. Oh, Super Bowl 58. What have you got in your hand I've there? Got, I've got the pigskin right in oh, my head, yeah. mate. We're throwing tight spirals here. It's time to talk to our man on the ground. When you want to talk about the biggest games the world's ever seen, you chat to our next guest. He's covered four Super Bowls, reported on countless UFC events, and of course, all the NBA All-Star games he's been a part of. Crossing to us all the way from the US. And Gus, you did remember to plug the satellite in, yeah? Please welcome ESPN's Phil Murphy. Yeah, Super Bowl 58 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers live 10 a.m. Monday morning on ESPN. Phil, how are you, mate? And what is Vegas doing? Is it pumping? Oh, I'm going well. It's great to chat to you all again. Yeah, Vegas, we were, we've been here for a few days now. And yesterday, things were kind of weirdly quiet over at Radio Row. And, and you know, so there, was, there were obviously uh, media outlets there from all over the world that are few of our friends from Australia who are here covering the game, uh, NFL Australia and other outlets and such. And then it, it was, it was very calm and it was almost like, Hey, you know, maybe we shouldn't continue here. Let's go somewhere else. See if we can get some stories drum up today. It was just buzzing. It was a night and day switch. And it was almost like, Oh my gosh, it's chaotic here <laughs> at radio row with all the added media and all the added star power. Maybe we need to step away just to kind of recharge. So Super Bowl fever has hit hard in the last 12 hours here in Vegas. Phil, what about the neutral crowd? Are they going for the uh, the 49ers or are they going for the Chiefs? Because we heard when Travis Kelsey was introduced at media day, there was a few boos in the crowd. What's that sort of uh, sentimental favourite going to be? Well, I will say, I mean, the, the boos coming from the crowd, those are not neutrals. Those are San Francisco <laughs> San Fran- 49ers <laughs> supporters. Yeah, those who are barracking for, or barracks for the 49ers. And we are geographically closer to San Francisco. And San Francisco, over the course of the year, I mean, we have outlets that, that track this sort of thing. They're one of the better traveled fan bases. I think right now it's a 60-40 split 
in terms of uh, where tickets were sold to those fan bases in favor of San Francisco. But I think the neutrals are behind San Francisco as well. There is, you know, I mean, I, I know it's not dissimilar from a lot of Australian fans. Americans, if they don't have a vested interest, they tend to like to see the underdog story. Mm, not that San Francisco is an underdog. They're, they're, they are favored in this game, but Brock Purdy under center. And the fact that the Chiefs have won this a couple of times before, I, I think people would like to see San Francisco get one. So I think most neutrals are back in San Fran. One thing I can't believe is how um, how good the halftime shows are and the exposure they get. You know, we were talking about it before. They don't get paid, obviously, you know, the entertainers and musicians. But Usher, I can't wait to see Usher. I'm going to be honest, I've stolen some of his moves over the years and they've helped, helped me out a treat. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and the, the cool thing about it is this halftime show, from what I've heard, it's going to go a couple minutes longer than is typical. Normally the halftime performers get a 12-minute block. Usher's been given 15 which tells me a, a few things. One, we're going to get a couple more songs in there, but also we might get some guest appearances. And, you know, I was looking through some of the markets here um, and who might appear and, and the odds of them appearing. Uh, there's an expectation for a lot of added star power to potentially be on stage. I'm not going to start throwing out names because these are, again, betting markets and who knows if they're actually going to show up. But the fact that these markets exist and that the odds are so short leads me to believe that we're going to see some other stars joining Usher on some of his featured tracks. I mean, it's, it's the type of thing, you know, if, if you need to run to the restroom or refill a beverage, do that at the two-minute warning. Don't do that at halftime because you don't want to miss that show. Well, who's, gonna, who's your tip in your eyes? Is it going to be Patrick Mahomes or uh, Brock Purdy leading their organizations? I mean, it's, it's small margins, but I do think the 49ers get the better of, of the Chiefs this time around. These teams met in a Super Bowl four years ago. San Francisco, with all due respect, a lesser quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. They were up 10 before Patrick Mahomes mounted a comeback. I think with an improvement at quarterback for the 49ers, Brock Purdy, a better offense, two very good defenses. I think points are going to be at a premium. San Francisco wins a close, low-scoring game. We're not going to swap places with you, mate. I mean, unbelievable, Phil. You're going to be down there on the field. We'll try to ring you after Super Bowl (laughs) just to see how you're travelling. If you pick up our phone, we'd love that, brother, because we'll be live just at the end of the game. Hey, my pleasure. Fantastic, Phil. We'll be watching the Super Bowl live Monday, Feb 12 from 9.30 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time on ESPN. What about this? Run Clubs are the new dating app. Oh, hello. Run clubs are becoming known as a new dating app. They're, well, basically you're there to have a run, meet new people, build a community, but you could find... Everywhere across Sydney and all up the coast, aren't they? Could find a romantic little... Mm -hmm. Yeah, well... Because there's people there, they're fit, they're like-minded... Um, perhaps wearing the Lululemon or the Lorna Jane oh, or the, the gear. Or, the active wear on. I mean, Dell probably have his shirt off if you're no, doing a little run in no, the morning. Drew would, but, <laughs> but but I get this because, you know, there's the 440 club, the boys there. and yeah, there's yeah. Oh, they're everywhere. Uh, Flow oh. Athletic, they do oh, it. They North go for the runs. North Shore running, there's all these ones that are in the Bay Run yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And you, well, and you get a vibe and you get a vibe for each other. You get those yeah. endorphins are flowing in the morning. And you're similar-minded Mind, people. Mindset. If you're up there in the morning at 440, let's say, with that one at Bondi yeah. doing a run, that means that person's there, wants to get up early, yep. wants to be fit, perhaps like someone else who looks fit, so you can see why it all sort of links together. Are they together. just youngsters, though, or are they... No, like, no, no, they're no. Right. I mean, the running clubs are saying absolutely that's a part of it, but the first mentality is people want to get up, they want to be that's fit, right. and they want to be like-minded people. But, you know, a free date but without having to swipe is not a bad way of looking at it. It's a bit more authentic than the, the dating app as well. You get a chance to actually see what they're like, so. how they interact with people yeah. and stuff like that. I would like. think so. There's part yeah. of me feels like I've been ripped off, ripped off that I didn't get a dating app. The hard work that we yeah. had to put in oh. to get a date. 
Mate, you don't, you don't what about the old-fashioned way? Not anymore, mate. but back in the day, it'd be lovely to swipe away and just help yourself. Mate, you, mate you're, you're charming, mate. What are you talking mate. about? Mate, you're charming, mate. I've seen you in action. You are smooth, mate. You you're could tell ice to the Yeah, you could tell ice to Eskimos, mate. <laughs> suppose so, but yeah. I do, when my mates go through it with me. Well, that's oh. the thing. It's like guys, our, guys, got... guys our age going back into the market. Yeah. Oh. You know, you're turning up with happy your... Happy days. Oh, your, happy Your legs are getting them going again and you're... Oh. But a bit rusty after five or six days run, look out. <laughs> yeah. All, all, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you go. All I'd say is to, to the boys and the girls, mate, meet, meet the old-fashioned way. Like, it's just ask for a date, ask for a coffee, just be nice, get a bit a of a bit, vibe. It takes a bit of guts, though. There's that chance of not rejection. Really. Not really, because you can see if someone's interested in you or not. And if, if not, they're not going to respond and you, you don't get that uh, positive energy from That's them. That's beautiful, We, might, we might speak to someone around the run club, club, run club, see if they are the new team. We want to hear the re- actual story. Has there anyone out there that's gone to a run club, ended up now engaged yes. or going out with someone? Maybe yeah. that's the thing. Or maybe yeah. some just, just the odd hookup. Just <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jim. <laughs> oh, boys, and the trainers, the trainers, they set the oh, standard. Yeah, they set the standard. That's true too, yeah. yeah. Time to do this. The rush hours. Run the gauntlet. Yeah, the board absolutely lit up. Everyone wants to get around yes. running the gauntlet. If you don't know, we roll a dice. It's a higher or lower game. Can we just explain this is not a dice? Yes. What, what is it? Uh, so we were going to bring in the fluffy dice. It is a Rubik's Cube. Yep. That you've written numbers Conjured on. Conjured into a, a dice. Yep. Okay. It looks it looks good. It rolls on the table. Dude, can I ask, why wouldn't you just go and, go and buy one, mate? Yeah. Mate, budgets yeah. are thin at the moment. We know that. It's, you know, cost of living. <laughs> so that was from the $2 shop. But anyway, let's go to <laughs> let's go to Ben in Campbellton. How are you, Ben? Good, boys. How are you going? Yeah, going well, Benny mate. Boy. So the way this goes, Gussie is going to roll the dice and set you a leveller for the reference number for the dice, and then you go higher or lower. Let's do it. Come on, Gussie. Okay, let's go. Let's let's go. go. Give Benny's reference for you, number. Benny boy. On, Benny boy. One. Oh, that's a perfect good. Start. He's rolled you a one, Ben. So higher or lower? Oh, definitely going higher. Yeah, fantastic. Okay. If you hit the post, you're out. We go on to our next. So Sean the post in is, a, is a one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So anything above a one Let's is go. good to go. Yeah, yeah big Ben. Four. He's got the four. Okay, you get the Makita merch pack. Fantastic, Ben. Now four you're is for, for your second level. Higher or lower than a four, and this is for the double pass to Madam Web starring Dakota Johnston. What are you going, Ben? Come on, big Ben. I'm going to go. Lower. Oh, All right, lower than a four. Bad. If he hits the post, he's out. What's that? It's a two. He's a, a two. two. He gets the Madam oh, Web starring Dakota Johnson tickets. Now Woo-hoo. you are on level two. Now onto level three for a two. Higher or lower, Ben? This is for the big tickets. We've you got have. Slash double pass oh. and Live and Incubus double pass as nice. well. Oh, yeah, good. Come on, Benny. What are you going? I'm going to... Gonna go higher. All right, Gussie. So this is to run two. the gauntlet. Come on, come on. To go through. Let's build go. it up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold Let's on. get a drum roll. Let's go. This is yeah. getting very flat come now. On, this whole thing. It's production, mate. Let's go. Come, come on. on here we go. Come on, Big Ben. What do you got? It's a three. It's a three. It's got a You've got ben, the double pass to see Slash and the double pass to Live and Incubus, Benny. And you've cleaned up with Makita Birch back as well, mate. Too easy, Benny Boy. He's run the gauntlet. Benny Boy and Makita, they're a great sponsor, mate. You'll love their product. Fantastic, mate. And all of our callers who are lined up trying to take Benny's lunch bad luck, mate. Big Dale's giving the prizes away now. (laughs) 
Boys, what about this? We're going to open up the phone lines on one triple three five three. Absolutely. Nightmare bosses. Nightmare bad bosses. Have you got a boss, a bad boss, someone you want to talk about, someone you want to throw under the bus? Oh. This is your opportunity to do that because you now have new laws, people in New South Wales, that will allow you to approach the Fair Work Commission if you feel that you've been inappropriately or repeatedly contacted by bosses outside of work hours. You are meant to work for, let's say, 36, 38, let's call it 40 hours, yep. right? They start calling you, texting you at 8 o'clock, 8.15 at night, 10 straight o'clock at night. Straight through the keeper. Send it straight through the keeper. <laughs> and if they continue to do it, uh, day after day, week after week, month after month, you can actually take them to court and you can actually get some serious casarachi wow. for Del, Del tries to do this during work hours as well. I do, right? I yeah. do. Mate, we are meant to be here between 2 and 6. Sorry, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but this means workers will be entitled to ignore phone calls, ignore yeah. work emails, author reason for the contact, the level of contact, role and responsibility, and personal circumstances will be considered in deciding what is a reasonable contact amount. I mean, for us, I suppose our bosses, we're pretty... Family orientated. We're very lucky with our producers. We all love our team and stuff, so we're pretty loose. But there's some people that just go to work for work, and they want they want a line in the sand to say that's my time compared to that's your time. But also, we've gone through this transition with through COVID. Bosses have had to deal differently with the workforce these days, and sometimes the old school attitude versus yeah, what people are expectations now. You know, look, guys, I'm a bit of a free spirit, you know, and I love my bosses here, whether it's Rex Morris, Rex Morris, sorry, whether it's Nikki Whaley or Laura Boucher. But Laura Boucher sometimes... No one knows who these people are. Yeah, no, but they work here at Triple M. They're, they're our bosses anyway. Sometimes I get my phone in here... And Laura, Laura just takes it away, like yeah. like, a little, like I'm a little boy. Well, you are a little boy because your phones aren't meant to be on yeah, during okay. broadcasting Fair hours. Fair enough. Mate, speaking of bad bosses, I had Rodney Eade as a coach. And, like, I just want to tell you one story because he, he – He wasn't he's, a bad coach. He was, a, he was a great coach, but he could give a 13 out of 10 spray. Yeah. And, and one that will sit with me forever was we're, we're at the SCG training – he wanted, he wanted someone to demonstrate, put a high ball up to a pack. So there's just practice this marking drill. And for some reason, I got shuffled to the front to kick this high ball up. Mm. And he's explaining, he's pretty intense. The drill wasn't working well. And I went to go put this high ball up. I spray, I shank it off the side of my boot. <laughs> Not for the first time. <laughs> and the expletives that came out of his mouth, as I said, get the hell off the, tra- the training track. I was pretty bad at that particular time. But but when he'd give you a spray as well, he'd grab you by the elbow and bring you in really oh, tight. So really. you got the spit of his a bit of bad breath. Anger. Oh, a bit of bad breath and needed a fisherman's <laughs> friend, the big fella. So they're the calls we're after. Yeah, give us a call. One triple three five three. Give us your nightmare boss stories. Opportunities to throw your old <laughs> boss, or maybe if you don't like your job, your boss right now under the bus. Let's start the ball rolling with Peter. G'day, Pete. Welcome to the show, mate. Oh, good afternoon, boys. Hey, good on you, mate. Um, Tell us about your boss. Yeah, well, we're going back about a quarter of a century when mobile phones weren't as prevalent as they are today. Mm, yeah. And I resisted getting a phone call, a mobile phone for as long as I could. <laughs> and eventually my boss uh, said, you get it or else. Oh, wow. So uh, I, was, I was given a mobile phone. And I guess I used to get phone calls all the time. But the one that stands out in my memory is the time I got a phone call to say, Peter, I've got a flat tire. I'm in such and such a road. I want you to come and change my tire. Oh, oh no, mate. No, it, no. It, it was a Sunday. A Sunday? Oh, no, no. No chance. <laughs> no yeah, chance. So anyway, I, uh, 
you know, I went and changed her tire. Oh, you're better, oh, well, better bloke than me, Pete. Actually, once you said the her. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I reckon that's fair enough. Good on you, <laughs> that's Pete. Great. Let's go to David. Hey, David, how you going, buddy? G'day, boys. Love the show. Oh, here's a live one. Here we go. Tell us about your nightmare boss. <laughs> Mate, my nightmare boss goes back a few years. I used to have to go to a regional town with this bloke once every couple of months yep. um, to, to work the town, and we'd stay in a local seedy motel. <laughs> now, it was a, a one-bedroom, all right, that was shared, and um, this bloke, honestly, he was a grown man. He would have been 55 years old, and at 7.30 at night, after he's had his dinner, he'd put his long-sleeve flannel pyjamas on, tuck himself in bed, Turn the air condition on to full bore, turn the fan on to full bore, and he must sleep like that all night with the TV on. With no. The oh, TV no. On. He's sharing a room with me, and, like, I'd look at him for the first couple of times and try and bust it out. He's asleep. He's bound to be asleep. I'd sneak over to the telly, and I'd hear this, ah, ah. And I'd have to go back to So bed. good. But I'd just make... Day two, day three, I'd sit outside the room and drink a slab of VZ to knock myself out. Oh, Dave. David, mate. It's classic. Legend. You reckon it hasn't touched him? Oh, <laughs> so. what, as soon as I heard Dave's voice, yeah. I knew he's a live one. Yeah. It's the rush hour with Gus, Jude and Wendell. And I tell you what, Joe Kwan is the brainchild of Confit Gym in Parramatta, a gym run by ex-cons. All the trainers at the gym have served time of some sort. And Joe himself did a nine-year stint behind bars. Welcome to the show, Joe. Thanks for having me, guys. Joe, where did this idea come from? Oh, man, it started, actually it started from a running joke inside prison when I was serving nine years for directing a criminal enterprise. And a lot of the guys, when you're locked up, you find a sense of purpose through training. Hmm. You know, our slogan is train to be free. And why we call the train to be free was because even though our bodies were incarcerated, our mind used to be free. Hmm. Whenever we used to train, it was like a sense of escapism. Yeah. So... One day, you know, it's not like when you see in the movies, you know, they've got all these like, you know, weights and free weights in the movies. You get none of that. So we've got to improvise in prison. So we used to make weights out of like water bottles and garbage bags full of water. And one day there was that many freaking uh, water bottles in the unit. Um, There was a running joke saying, don't worry about fitness first. Let's start up a gym called Bottles First, you know. (laughs) But it kind of like struck me. Gave me a bit of an idea. You know, there's that much raw fitness knowledge that… Um, is produced while you're in custody. So, well, why don't we use this? You know, there's all these guys who become like professionals at training, but they're not qualified. Yeah. So why don't we help these guys to become fitness professionals, get them qualified and give them employment when they get out? Because as you know, for a lot of individuals that are coming out of the justice system, it's so hard to find employment. And are they actually getting to do something that they love doing, that they enjoy oh. doing. So yes. That's what I do care from. Yeah, mate, well done to you guys. But in saying that, like when you make a mistake, you know, people sometimes don't let you forget your past. So for you personally, you know, this is an opportunity for a lot of guys, you know, they come in and you've, you've all been through it. So, you know, how is that? How is that bond? That's, it's hard to break, isn't it? 100%. You know, like that's, and you know, when I first started this, I was thinking, you know, what's society going to think about what we're doing right now? Yeah. Um, and I've got to understand there's a lot of people that shouldn't be let out. You know, but there's sure. a, that's, that's a very small minority of the people that are incarcerated. Mm. The majority of the people that are incarcerated stem from some sort of childhood trauma and disadvantage. And they come from lack of opportunities, you know. And that's the thing that a lot of these guys, when they come out, they want to make that change. Mm. But they don't have the right support um, from community. And what we're trying to do is break down that uh, stereotyping that society has 
on individuals with lived prison experience who actually actively want to make that change. How hard was it to get the support, the money? Because all these things take money, even though it's a brilliant idea and we tip our lid to you. How hard was it to actually get started and have someone back you? To be honest with you, it, there was a lot of luck involved as well. Um, but when your mission is so strong, you know, you've got such a clear focus on what you want to do and you, you've set that direction clearly. You know, we've had, um, you know, during COVID lockdown, that, this is when it first started. Mm. You know, I was just running boot camps out of local parks. The lockdown happened and we had to pivot quickly online. Interestingly enough, the funniest thing happened we ended up becoming the experts in confined space bodyweight training because we were <laughs> yeah, training we in it. our prison cells all the time. Who better to train online than with a bunch of inmates who used to train for a living in jail for that many years, sure. right? So, and we ended up um, training uh, companies such as Google and Atlassian online. And right. yeah, that's how it started. And then um, in 2022, as I graduated university, I ended up becoming uh, 2022's Westpac Social Scholar. And they actually actually funded me to travel around the world. And I was visiting different prisons around the world to bring back ideas and systematic changes in in how we can implement these ideas in Australia. And, you know, and that's done through social enterprises. You know, I'm not saying that government hasn't been able to do certain things, but it's been slow to act. And I think to move on these social issues quickly is done through businesses. Love what you're doing, Joe. It's yeah, a great idea. Incredible initiative and incredible positive change. So appreciate you coming on the Rush Hour. Thanks for having me, guys. Mate, massive show tomorrow. Who have we got, Dell? Mate, we got Luke Longley. Oh. How good. Oh, yes. Luke Longley on the oh, show. Yeah, last we'll dance, run, baby. And we'll run the gauntlet again. And let's mates. have a loose Friday, boys. I, yeah, I just live. feel it's time to just get a little bit loose before the Super Bowl as well. <laughs> I agree. So get home safe, everyone. Have a good yep. one. See, See you later. Love you guys. The Rush Hour with Gus, Jude, and Wendell. Weekdays from four on Triple M.